Henry did two weeks of Frozen Junior. He was Hans. There were two Annas that they split. What? What, guys? Paul, don't attack him. Get out and close the door. And uh, they sang Love is an Open Door, and at the end, they kissed. So Henry's kissed two girls. And me and Rachel were teasing him, like, was that your first kiss, Henry? And he's like, shut up, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Henry. (laughs) Pretty funny. That's one of my favorite... um, chad memories that maybe i've already told on the podcast but um when henry was really little like five um we were hanging out and somebody asked him you probably asked him what his favorite frozen song was and he said um he's a bit of a fixer upper and just the look of disappointment in your face it was like i have no son you were just crushed (laughs) that that was his favorite song from frozen (laughs) and now to see it come full circle where he's in the play is just great that's right didn't he once say um if you want him come and claim him at some point (laughs) i remember the the circumstances but like dead face as like a five-year-old or something like that that's my theatrical Mm -hmm. oh man those are good memories i don't remember any of those but anyways this new podcast is going good me and rachel need to watch the bollywood version of sense and sensibility and then we'll make an episode of it. Hopefully finish Sense and Sensibility by the end of this year and talk Pride and Prejudice all the next two years. 24 and 25. <laughs> Do you have listeners on your new podcast? Um, I went through the other day and and uh, went to the website where it shows the downloads. And I think it's about... I think it's about 30 um, for like the first one and 30 for the the most recent one and then like the 70 and 80 bbc adaptation they're like in the teens okay because it seems so, like yeah. the kind of thing where you posted... could get people like you could get people stumbling on it and being interested in a jane austen podcast in a way that you won't get accidental listeners to escape from q hall you know that's escape from q hall well it's not even called that it's called chad's various podcasts <laughs> yeah so I call that this needs a little work, a little bit, but it's a. I don't want to have a separate podcast link and email for each one that I do, especially since this Friday is the Weezer concert and Sean's birthday. So in the next couple of weeks, Sean, we need to get together with you and Andrew and talk Weezer concert. I don't know if Andrew went to his Weezer yeah. concert. He can still oh, join, but though. He's, he's been to other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, so, yeah, I I posted a post and a link to, like, a Jane Austen Reddit uh, subreddit and got some comments on that. And I haven't published it or, po- like, put it to my Facebook and told any of my friends about it. <laughs> So it's like this podcast where I just do it and whoever stumbles upon will access it, I guess. And and none of the guests have listened to any of the episodes or published it on their pages either. So it's not like it's going to go wide. The idea at one of these times, I want to get Shannon Hale as a big pull guest and we're going to talk Austin land 
or I want to get Jerishua Hess on there too. That would be pretty cool to get a Jerishua Hess and talk Austin land. Paul, do you know Jerishua Hess at all? No. Mm. Shannon Hale. That's my, she's very much in the uh, children's literature world. She's got some really cool, a trilogy of memoirs, one called Real Friends, and then like to kind of give insight into who she is as a human being, and then all of her fantasy stuff, and then some of the fantasy stuff that she publishes with her husband. She's she's a pretty cool author. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah, she wrote the screenplay for Austin Land. Yeah. Yeah. And the novel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't read the novel. And the novel that the screenplay is based on. Material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's cool. Carrie, yes. you ready to go through what you've been up to? I've been teaching a lot. Uh, we're almost done with a book binding unit with my high schoolers, which has been very fun. And self-portraits with everyone else and Play-Doh color wheels with my younger elementary kids. And I've watched, I think, one horror film, which is, I think, uh, sad and good. <laughs> I like talk about that? So I listened listen to a horror recap podcast mm-hmm. and I listened to the episodes about Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds horrible. It's good. As in, it sounds really good. I'm I'm sure it's really good, but I'm like, the descriptions of like brutality about this kid slamming his head down and ripping out his trying to rip out his eye and then stabbing yeah. in the neck with scissors and stabbing in the face with knives and it just sounds intense. It's a, there's a few visceral, uh huh, <laughs> but it's really good. Sure. Yeah, it's A24 it sounds, and they're Australian. It sounds very scary. Yeah, it's In very Adelaide. well done. It sounds none, great. Yeah, None 2 is coming out soon, so I'm planning on seeing that with my best friend here. We watch horror films together in the theater. So Was The Nun good, the first one? No, no, it was really bad. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was coming in like, I was coming in soft with that landing like no no good no no it was very disappointing but it's something to watch and star cinema grill does like five dollar tuesdays so we go on the cheap day if that's okay with you sean like (laughs) in a couple weeks are students like super evangelical or the student or is that just like the school uh I find it's more the school and like a lot of my coworkers, it's very much woven in their like everyday language. Mm-hmm. Like um God has provided a way for me to get this job or um I don't know. And Did I they just, tell you to have a blessed day. Um Yes, like all of their emails end with stuff like that, <laughs> like variations. Um, do they have they emails do with like canned signatures at the end with like, like stuffed bears and hearts and say blessed day on there? Because I wish that was true. 
No, I mean, they keep it professional, just like oh. evangelical professional. But no, everyone's. There's some people at my work that don't have professional emails. Oh, really? No, they're, they have yeah. a marketing department because um, this is, I don't want to say a chain or a franchise, but like it started out in Florida, Divine Savior Academy and so they have like two or three branches there. And then they have a couple here. My dog looks like she's, a, oh, yep. Sorry. I'll be right back. She's, uh, uh, Oh no. <laughs> sure. Throwing up. What? Did, what I don't know. We... Sean, do you have I, any clue? Needles. That's my best guess, but I'm going to wait in suspense with you guys so that I don't have to clean up throw up. <laughs> Is that Freddie that's doing that? Nope. I've got Freddie with me. I chose the right dog this time. <laughs> well, take it over, Sean. What have you been up to this last, I don't know, month and a half? It seems. Oh, gosh. Um, work is like completely insane right now. So I'm having a hard time remembering what I've been doing before work was insane. But like I worked over the weekend. Like the only thing I've done that's not work is watch the prestige and now this um and it will be for like <laughs> another two weeks so that's not very fun um i did watch i wanted to get caught up on christopher nolan movies so i watched oppenheimer in the theater which was which was good and i watched tenet that was the other you know blind spot for me so i think i've seen all of them now um yeah and I started all, well, most of my fall vegetables, my fall garden vegetables, they're in the closet behind me with the grow light. So I have all my little seedlings and I'm excited for summer to start to cool off and I can get them in the ground in like a month or a month and a half. So that's fun. Oh, yeah. Whenever I see like a nationwide temperature map, Houston's always like, in the hundreds it's, this summer. It's been so bad. And we haven't gotten any rain either. Like usually we have tropical storms and hurricanes and all this other nonsense, but like we haven't even been getting showers. Like my lawn has a big brown spot, which has never happened. So it's it's pretty wild. We've yeah, we've been getting I think the highest I saw was 108. Um, which I'm sure you get hotter than that in Vegas, but the humidity is terrible too. Um yeah, and no rain, so that's fun. Oof, that's rough. Today was 109, 108. That's so Tomorrow's like 108 again, and then it should cool down with some monsoon rains this weekend in the 90s. Oh, is that scary, Carrie? Do you end your emails with like, have a blessed day, or? No, mine say uh, warm regards or best regards and like everyone's um like everyone has like a bio in front of their door sorry Sassy's playing with a very loud boy um with like scriptures and stuff in it and so I just tried to find a scripture that I agreed with that was a scripture and it was uh, train up a child in the way he should go and when he grows up he will not depart from it and I'm like yeah I, I couldn't get behind that and so I put that in and just hope like no one noticed that it wasn't like 
religious, even though it was a scripture. So uh, you should have done Shakespeare's sonnet 18 from the little pocket handbook. <laughs> I should. But yeah, I mean, like my I um I've made some really good friends, like the other outclass teachers. Um, I've gotten pretty close with them. And one um I share my classroom with the Spanish teacher. And so she's asked me a little bit about where I'm at, like a lot of the teachers know that I used to be Mormon. She, I told her that um, after I left, I went to a Unitarian Universalist church for a few years. Um, but I never went into like, after that, <laughs> I think she just assumes mm, that I'm sure. I don't, I guess I do what my dad does. And I uh, sin by omission I just like leave things out and if they ask me I'll tell them but I'm not gonna like put myself out there and I'll I would never tell my students that because I feel like that would be confusing for them to have like a heathen art teacher at a Christian <laughs> school yep. so I just my plan is just like, if you have religious questions, go ask the pastor or go ask your homeroom teacher. Because, like, most of these people went to uh, Martin Luther College or some other, like, Lutheran uh, school like that. So, funnel them away from me. And I do my best not to lead them astray, even when I'm tempted to. So. That's how I make it work. I don't know. I just want to teach art and be left alone. <laughs> That's fine. Finding some books, making some art. Sounds great. Oh, I sliced my finger off on Monday. <laughs> but it's a lot better. No, a week from Monday, right? Did I have like the band-aid bandage on my I think it was last week. She keeps coming home from her job as a school teacher with injuries. Well, you cut your finger, you got a big old bruise on your wrist. There was another one. Yeah, it was like what this is, big. I stayed after school and injury? played volleyball. And yeah, I got the blister from volleyball. And then I like pulled my shoulder really bad getting dressed one day. Because I turned 40. <laughs> I'm 40 That's now. Right. So like I keep getting hurt over stupid things. <laughs> oh, and Sean's going to be 39 on Friday. Mm -hmm. He is, yep. I robbed the cradle. Happy birthday. Yay. I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> Sounds suspect. Ask are him what really he wants for his birthday because he won't tell me. Or are you going to go hold a haunted hand statue and do a ritual seance with candles and say, talk to me? <laughs> I let you in. But not for more than 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the um, horror YouTube channel or podcast or whatever you were listening to about that? Oh, it's called uh, Too Scary Didn't Watch. Oh, so it's the one you were telling me about at the other podcast? Yeah, that's the only one I listen to, Horror Recap. I'm sure there's lots of them out there, but only one for me. Um, Sean, any Anything else besides work and hot humidity? I think that's kind of it. I'm I'm so so buried in work, so burned out right now. Like I can't can't even. I'm I'm not gonna do anything on my birthday except work. Like it's just miserable right now. So that's kind of like 
where I'm at right now. I was working up until the podcast started, so I'm trying to like get myself in a like not work headspace. So maybe by the end of the podcast, <laughs> I'll remember like who I am as a human being and what I'm interested in. Well, me and Rachel are driving out to Kentucky next year. And I want to scoop down to Pensacola and get a house on the beach with Sean and Jessica and everybody during that Florida week. I think that would be great. Let's do it. We would love that. (laughs) Also, you're going to love Pensacola. It's so beautiful. Yeah, but I don't know if we're going to. I want to, but that's far from where we're going. It is super, it is really far from Kentucky to go all the yeah. way down to Pensacola, but it's worth it. The beaches are great on the Gulf, so. You should also then swing around and hit Atlanta on your way out. That's right. Just do it's it. totally that's, on the way. That's on the way. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, Paul, we haven't seen you for a while. What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm... I, I can't remember how many of these I've I've missed. Um, we kind of front loaded uh, like a work heavy summer, and then we did a few, or maybe just a couple. Um, I guess it was a few, a few little family vacations. We cruised up to Glenwood Springs, Colorado, on an Amtrak train, and it took us ten hours to get there. My kids thought it was so cool, even though one of the cars on the train didn't have air conditioning. And even though um, it's a pretty eclectic crowd that rides a train in 2023, just FYI, um, because there's like no, essentially like no security or anything as you get on to this vehicle and just an interesting thing. But, But in Glenwood Springs, after we, one thing my kids were really looking forward to is there's a, a part on the river where it's kind of known for like hippies mooning everybody as you go by. And they did. So my kids like, they're like, yes, we got it. You know, that's and incredible. Then, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then it's this really interesting, like once upon a mining town that's been kind of converted into this touristy place. And they have a theme park on top of a, a mountain next to an old mine. And so it's essentially lagoon on top of a mountain. But what's cool about it is like all of the, all of the rides are over like a cliff's edge, you know? So it's like the pendulum swing and you're like, Oh, that's scary. Except it's like 1500 feet below and back and 1500 feet below. And, and so, so too with like the round around anyways. So we did that. Uh, we went to Yellowstone and we saw old faithful, and then we went just on some more like local uh, little hiking tour. Uh, our oldest, who just turned 11, is really excited about doing big kid hikes these days. And he's like sweat, like sweating enough that he's he can do those without just like it being kind of scary that he's pushing that hard. So we've been doing a bunch of hikes in the greater Salt Lake area. And then, boringly, but you asked, so here's the answer. I've been going to all of the university conference meetings this week, uh, hanging out with a bunch of nerdy professors who are all stressed because we've had three months to get stuff ready, and we didn't do it, and school starts on Monday. So we got to get our crap together. 
And that's what uh, everybody's been doing, like going to the the pump you up meetings. And at the same time, uh, what Carrie was talking about with the the non-separation of church and state. Turn that up to 11 here, the big BY. And you can kind of imagine like, you know, everybody's like, OK, you got to get this many articles and remember to be on this many master's committees. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Like, like, it's not like a, but it's, but, um, and like, when, like in the meetings, if it's at a part where we can clap or if it's like, a, it's supposed to be like a little bit spiritual. So we're not, and so it's like super cool to see, uh, kind of puritanical society, like try to figure out, I guess we can clap because it was a good talk. And, you know, and so that's what I've been going through this week. <laughs> and that's about it. Oh, and all of our kids are at the same elementary school now. So Tommy, our caboose is in kindergarten. Jake is in second and Joey's in fifth grade. So all three Rick's boys are attending elementary school. Kind of cool. Wow. That's what I got. Yeah, our school's been in since the 7th and 9th of August. And then BYU doesn't start till after Labor Day, huh? Yeah. Cuz Monday's a holiday. Sean, you get off Monday? I do, but I'm going to be working all day Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, um, it's bad. Have you been reading or watching anything good, Paul? Yes. Let me see what I've been reading recently. Um, I've been reading so many books. Um, let me see the one that I'm currently did you read on the train. Did I read on the train? Yeah. Uh, no, it was like just giving kids like applesauce packets and then and then and just like feeding them garbage for 10 hours and uploading more movies on their tablet um this is one i'm finishing up tonight it's so dang cool called we dream of space by aaron entrada kelly and i think what's so cool about it is she's a children's author but she makes um you know how like every children's book starts september and goes until june or whatever like it's always happening in school and they've got a conquer whatever time the demon in nine months like this is just a story that takes place over like four days and all of her books are like that where 300 pages and that's 24 hours or 300 pages and that's a week and super cool because there's a complicated little family where they've got these twins who one is probably on the autism spectrum and she wants to go be an astronaut her brother has some anger management issues their their time and then they have another brother grade so all three siblings are in seventh grade simultaneously and he's afraid he's not good at anything and it's breaking my, my heart and it's reminding me of all the awkwardness of junior high and i forgot how triggering it is to to like go back and like sit in 13 year old skin or like sit in like middle school drama, you know, because 40 years old doesn't matter. Like reading about little seventh graders struggling, it, it just breaks my heart and it's so dang good. So highly recommend, but I 
probably shouldn't recommend yet because I still have 50 pages to see if the good guys win at the end. So I'll, I'll let you know next time. <laughs> did, did you read Hello Universe? Yeah. The same author? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember very much about it, but I read it to the kids when it came out or close to when it came out. And yeah. I, I remember loving it. So yeah, it's, and, and it's kind of that similar setup where you keep getting these micro bursts and you, and you're like, wait, but it gets, it's still the same day. Right. But you get everybody's perspective and yeah, same author. So good. So good. Love it. Uh, uh, Jessica, you got Douglas there with you. I have Douglas. Doug, you woke up. There he is. Hey! That was little <laughs> sack on with some baby bondage. So cute. Hey, Bruno. Uh, what have you been up to, Jessica? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, we have had a lot of sickness going around these last few weeks. But other than that, just working and trying to get some sleep in between taking care of these two small children and yeah we're going on vacation this weekend for labor day we're going to jekyll island which is south of savannah and hopefully has escaped the wrath of the hurricane today otherwise we're gonna yeah. have a sad vacation um is it raining on you no, actually, we got like 10 minutes of rain today, and otherwise it's been really beautiful, actually. So we finally had a break from, we didn't get over 100, but it was high 90s and high humidity the last few weeks. So it was nice to get a break. We could actually go outside. And yeah, nothing really that exciting or, or special happening. We finished watching Mrs. Maisel, which was delightful, and we were behind the cover on that one, but it was wonderful. Um, yeah, that's it. You watched Good Omens season two? No, I haven't watched. Hey, is that Terry Pratchett? I have like a mental block. Terry Pratchett and Terry, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman co-wrote Good Omens. Omens season one, or I guess the book Good Omens. Yeah. And then the Good Omens season one was based off of that book that they co-wrote. Right. And then Neil Gaiman and another writer went and wrote season two. And it's not based off a book. It's just like continuation of those characters. And it meanders and <clears throat> there's it's not really plot driven. And it's just living in that world. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for it. I'm like, and it's, that's that's all I want to see is these two characters just have it's Michael <laughs> living Sheen. their lives and having adventures. It's Michael Sheen and David Tennant, right? Uh-huh. And John Hamm. Carrie, was it you that sent me the video of Michael Sheen and David Tennant being like best beloved bosom buddies? Just like a million clips of interviews where they're sitting next to each other and Michael Sheen is like gazing lovingly at David Tennant while he answers a question. So and that's what the show... This they whole have like little three-year-olds the same age too. It's so cute. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. What were you saying? No, that's that's the whole season two of Good Omens. Is this them staring lovingly at each other <laughs> and just like it's great. 
<laughs> I might actually watch it because I was I was about to say I have like a mental block about Terry Pratchett and Neil Neil Gaiman. Like I feel like they are probably both authors that I would enjoy, but because I know that I can't read them, so so that's that's cool. But I might give it a try just because I love those two actors a lot. Yeah, Neil Gaiman has a different sense of humor than Terry Pratchett, and it's not as it's not as funny, I guess. Um, but I don't think it has to be. I don't know. It's fine. We like it's not remarkable, but the Sandman show is that Neil Gaiman? That is. Yeah. And I started that, and I and I didn't continue. I mean, it's it's fine. We watched it because we watch everything. I haven't finished it, but I watched most of it, and it was really good. I need to get back around to it. Do you want to watch it too? He does. <laughs> Excellent. So All right. Just... Anything else? Because you usually cover like what TV. So you said Mrs. Maisel. We've been watching. What shows you're watching? Um, a, a new Taylor Sheridan show, The Yellowstone Guy, called Lioness. And it's insane, but highly watchable. So that's fun. Um, if you want to watch like ladies killing people, I guess. Um, what else have you been watching? That we started Ahsoka. And uh-huh. I feel like I need to have watched the Star Wars Rebels show to really understand what's going on. Because I find myself doing a lot of googling spending a lot of time on wikipedia to find like backstory for what's going for star on. wars yeah. yeah like i i need to like it's all about <laughs> what's his name thrawn who i know is like a person but i haven't read any of these books i haven't watched any of the like auxiliary shows so yeah i don't know yeah yeah so i'm like reading all of that backstory but i love rosario dawson so that's fun um Sean started, I had already watched this, but there's this alien show on Apple TV called Invasion with like Sam Neill and John David Washington that came out maybe a couple years ago, but the second season's coming out. So Sean decided he wanted to give it a try. So we're rewatching, I'm rewatching that. He's watching it for the first time and I really enjoyed it actually. I think it's going to end up being too scary for him, but we'll see. And yeah, nothing else that's super memorable. Uh, that's fun. Well, Severance season two is postponed because of the writer's strike, and the writer's strike also postponed Dune two. So it's just going to be watching or catching up on the series and old movies that I have passed up on this fall, I guess. It also delayed. Um... What is it? The Gilded Age season two mm. on HBO, which I don't know if you watched that, but I was really looking forward to the second season. But I'm looking forward to a strong contract for our our writers and actors more. So solidarity. Yes. I, su- I support it, but I also want to watch my content. I know. Oh, Ra- Rachel, you got any? I'm going to be on the bargaining committee for our next contract. Yay! That's exciting. Yep. You're a union gal. Yeah. 
He's just staring at the screen. What a cute little baby. Yeah, so good. He's a good baby. <laughs> All right, Rachel, are you on? Yes. Maybe. Hey, we can. Oh, yep. You were there, and now you're mute again. Did she just get home? The garage door just closed. Okay, sorry. Hi. I'm here. Hey. What have you been up to, hey. Rachel? Um, I was at Pilates. And uh grocery shopping. That's all. Well, not right now. That's <laughs> like the last month and a half. <laughs> oh, just, since last time. What have you been doing for the last 90 minutes? Pilates yeah. and grocery shopping every okay. day. All right, let's just move on. That's what Rachel's been up to. <laughs> I did read. Um, you started a new job. Oh, I'm substitute teaching at the elementary school. Um... PE mostly, which is so loud and crazy. And I know. if Anthony's here, I would think he would love this book. It's called The Artist phone. Way. Maybe he's read it. Also, yeah. I've been reading the or listening okay, to The yeah. Artist yeah. Way, which is an interesting book because no, he's on the same phone call. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Leave me alone. Because um, hey, that's funny. That's funny. Ah, that's Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, the first like chapter or two is she just talking about spirituality and like meeting your creator but really she's saying that and like communicating with your god and it's really just yourself like communicating with yourself and the higher part of yourself that's creative so i thought that was very interesting but the rest of it is just like motivational i guess about being creative it's good the artist way Mm -hmm. There's other books that are good too that I read, but yeah. Any highlights on your books that you've been reading? Uh, what was the book that Paul recommended? I didn't hear that. Hold on, I have the answer. We Dream of Space by Aaron and Trotta Kelly. Ah, okay. I'll have to add that to the list. I've had um, the artist's way on my list forever, but I know that there's also uh, the artist's way workbook. And so I kind of assumed that like maybe I had to read it and maybe like do exercises as I read it. And what you're telling me sounds like maybe I don't. So maybe I should actually just listen to it. Yeah. So if, if you've ever read a John Gottman, like 
marriage or relationship mm-hmm. book it's super similar to that where they do have a lot of exercises for you to do and she's like you have to do this or you're not going to get anything out of the book but I don't care but nobody does the exercises no no I'm sure I would but I don't have a specific goal that I'm working towards so I'm just kind of like soaking in information so it doesn't really affect me because I it's it's very written towards actors directors movie producers uh writers and sometimes like painters and I don't have any of those goals to do I'm going to be hiking the Grand Canyon next month, but that's not like, I guess I could do the things in there and might be helpful, but I think you should just listen to it. You'll be fine. I probably will eventually. It's been on my list for so long. I know I'll, I'll read it eventually, but maybe I'm, soon. I'm just loving everything she said. I think it's great. I'm also forgetting it immediately, but I guess that's part of why you should be doing the workbook stuff. Um, I read Sinead O'Connor's book. That was interesting. And RIP to her, that beautiful person. Um, Wesley the Owl. It's so good. Just loved it. I don't know if I brought that up last time. When did we meet last? Uh, the last one was for, you missed it. It was um, the uh, Scott Pilgrim episode. <clears throat> and that was in June 24th. Oh, sorry, July 22nd. And then June 24th was the Alpinist. Okay, so I probably did bring up Lucy the Owl. And I'm bringing it up again because it's that good. Yeah, do it. And I didn't realize that Carrie and I are cradle robbers. That's so great. Love it. I think Chad and I have a little more space in between us. We're, what, a year and two weeks, Sean? Yep. What are you guys? Like a year and four months. Rachel, did you get your hair cut? I did. Yeah. Very cute. Thank you. I cut it. Got it cut Sunday. Because it used to have all the really light dyed parts down here. And now you can't see. But it's just helpful. Very gray. You're so gray. And I'm so bald. A couple oldies. Um, anything else, Rachel? That's it, I think. Hi. Paul needs to close the door. Um, let's see here. I watched The Prestige on August 13th, and then on August 19th, I watched Sense Sensibility, five stars. And then on August 20th, the kids were watching Sonic the Head from 2020 uh, I gave it three stars my review has Benny Schwaz having watched Jury Duty gave extra points to James Marsden 
Uh, what if I don't like Jim Carrey was my review. Did you guys watch Jury Duty with James Marsden? Oh, it's really good. Look it up. It's, it's, on the it's like, uh, it's pretty fun. And then the other day they watched Sonic 2 and the kids love those Sonic movies. So uh, I watched a little bit of Sonic 2, but not enough to rate it. Um, I also have Amsterdam to watch on my to watch list. I got that from the library. It's got this the most stacked cast, and I don't I don't think I've heard anything about it. Like it came and it went. And did anybody watch Amsterdam? Sean, did you watch that one? I'm not even sure what that is. Is that the one with Adrian Brody? It's got it's Christian Bale. Uh. What's her name? From Chris Rock, Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's got every Margot Robbie. That's her name. Margot Robbie. Anya Taylor. I, I heard Joy. it wasn't very yep. good. Anya Taylor Joy is in it. Mike Myers. Wow. Yeah, this really does have everybody in it. It's got everyone in it. I don't know what this movie is, but I got it. <laughs> and Christian Bale's in it. So. What did, wait, so did you watch it yet or you're going to watch no, it? No, I have it from the library. I have not watched okay. it yet. I want to know what you think. Yeah, so, I'll let you know next month. Wait, you did you did Barbie and Oppenheimer since the last time we met. How did that go? Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, I guess since we met Scott Pilgrim versus the World, right on July 19th, gave it five stars. Barbie gave it five stars. I said loved it. Got a little teary twice. Remember when Barbie's sitting at the bus stop and looks at the old lady and says, you're beautiful. And remember when like America Ferreira's daughter, like went and hugged her and like reconcile moment. Those were good. Anybody see Barbie? What? I keep, I keep almost seeing it, but every time I want to go, like even within the past week, I go to get a ticket and the theaters are all full and I hate people. So I want to go when there's nobody. I've been waiting for the crowds to die down and they haven't, which is kind of oh. wild. I liked it. Me and Rachel went and then I took Rachel home, went swimming and then got back in the car, went back to the theater for Oppenheimer in the afternoon. And I gave it five stars by myself in a crowded theater. Five stars was my review. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's it. Anything else it was before Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I forgot about it. Um, That's it. This is the prestige. I also, mm, no, I didn't watch any. I thought about Tenet and I thought about Interstellar and I didn't want to watch those again. Inception. I don't know how rewatchable Christopher Nolan movies are. You know, they're as a rule, they're highly rewatchable one time. And then the third time it's like, a, I don't know. I definitely think the prestige. Well, let's get into it. Jessica, it was, this was your month to choose and you chose the prestige. Why did you choose the prestige? And then let's watch the trailer. 
so I chose this movie because I do love Christopher Nolan and I thought that I had never watched it before, but in watching it, I realized that maybe I have actually seen it and I just forgot everything about it. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about how rewatchable or watchable it is, but uh-huh. let's go to the trailer. <laughs> Share it with sound, full screen, YouTube trailer. Share screen, share sound, screen two. Okay. Thumbs up if you can hear it. Oh, shoot me. Come on. No, I can't. Do it. <laughs> How do you like that? How do you do it? Magic. I'll perform this feat in a manner never before seen by yourselves or any other audience anywhere in the world. The audience loved it. This trick is top notch. We need to celebrate. <laughs> A real magician tries to invent something new. It's something that other magicians will scratch their heads over. I suppose you have such a trick. As you do. It's the one they're going to remember me for. What happened? It was the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. I need to know how he does it. He has no trick. It's real. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, but of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. He's obsessed with discovering your method. The magician makes this ordinary something do something extraordinary. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. That's why there's a third act called The Prestige. This is the part with the twists and turns, where lives hang in the balance. Julie, come on! And you see something shocking you've never seen before. This was built by a man who can actually do what magicians pretend to do. Real magic. I know what you really are! How does he do it? You want the truth. Nothing is impossible. No more secrets. Secrets are my life. Love it. All right, so now everyone has to go around and do their Michael Caine impressions. The Prestige. You want to walk through the uh, plot summary, Jessica? I'm not sure how good of a job I will do of that, but it's set in Victoria. Spoilers, everyone listening. We are going to get into little spoilers. This almost 20-year-old movie spoiled for you. Stop listening and skip ahead about two minutes. Is it? What year did this come out? 2006, I think. Six. Oh, yeah. Wow. 2006. Um. Victorian London, two competing magicians, both of them want to be the greatest magician in the world. And um, long story, there's like all this side stuff, but long story short, they both, one of them has this trick 
Mm-hmm. And the other Hugh Jack, sorry, Christian Bale has this trick that's amazing. The greatest magic trick ever seen. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman hates Christian Bale because Christian Bale may or may not have been responsible for the death of Hugh Jackman's wife. And so tied Hugh the wrong Jack- knot. He tied the wrong knot, but he can't remember. Or is he lying? Well, he wasn't there that night. Um, Hugh Jackman wants to get revenge and steal the trick. And so he goes to all this trouble to find the trick. And he thinks that Nikola Tesla has built this machine for Christian Bale to help him do this trick. And so he goes to Tesla to have him build a machine and starts doing a similar trick. And eventually you find out um, Christian Bale's trick worked because he's actually identical twins living one life, which has led to a lot of sadness. And Hugh Jackman's trick works because the machine that Nikola Tesla built for him actually clones him. And so every night he is cloning himself and killing the old clone. So that's exciting. And (laughs) that is the prestige right there. That is the prestige. That's the core of it. The end. And ScarJo's in there. And ScarJo, we got Michael Caine. We've got, those are the only people I know. Um, great. What'd you think about the, when did you first see it? Do you think? I don't know. Thinking about it right now, I think I would have really, really loved it. If I had seen it in theaters, I would have really enjoyed the experience. I may have watched it on a drowsy night sometime in the last 10 years is my guess. That's a huge window, but, um, yeah, there were a few scenes that were just really familiar. And as I was watching it, the story was coming back to me. And this happens to me a lot with books, too, where I'll start reading a book that I think I've never read before and halfway through the book realize I know everything that's going on. I've read this before. <laughs> so um, as the story comes back to you, you're like, oh, yeah, it's exactly what Michael says at the very first, like, how to do the trick. And Michael's like, he had a double. And uh, and was it like, yeah, he had a double. It was his twin. Did you no. know that? No. Okay. Well, like the first thing you see or one of the first things you see is that field of paths. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I've seen this before. Um, and then when yeah, they the, the very on, first scene of the movie, uh, they tell you that the cloning machine is real. Yeah. Like that's that he's true. been trying to clone his hat over and over and, and his then, hat ended up in a field yeah and then they give it away also with the first magic trick you see with the old magician and killing the bird in the cage like Uh that's the trick right and there are a lot of dead birds in this movie more than i would like um it's not a happy movie it's like watching the birds um pandemic or birdemic birdemic But yeah, so I remember it was familiar at that scene. And then when Hugh Jackman is doing his version of the trick where they have the actor playing. Yeah, hamming it up. I thought that I remembered the ending and it's like the actor kills 
Hugh Jackman and takes on his life. But that was just my brain trying to make sense of what was going on. Um, uh-huh. Conflating some ideas. As soon as Scarlett Johansson appeared, I remembered. So <laughs> I don't know why she was the key. Um, I I think that watching this in the context of like all of Christopher Nolan's other movies is really interesting because it's it just kind of follows this formula that's become pretty familiar in his movies where it's like this nested non-linear story and there's just yeah. a lot of things giving away there's like a lot of foreshadowing there's all these little spoilers throughout if you know what to look for Are you a Christopher Nolan completist have you seen them all yeah well no who's probably. got who's got the list does someone want to read through the list let's pull it up I got it. Let's see. Um, Oppenheimer, Tenet, Dunkirk, Interstellar. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry, I'm in his writing credits somehow. Where's director? Okay. Um, Dark Knight Rises, Inception, The Dark Knight, The Prestige, Batman Begins, Insomnia, Memento, Following, and then a couple shorts probably from film school yeah i haven't seen following i haven't seen insomnia you see dunkirk yeah everything else i think i've seen i haven't seen memento it's pretty good i i hear i hear it's good It's, it's just never like it never got to the top of the list. How does this rank for your Christopher Nolan's, Jessica? This one right here. I don't know that I have a ranking, but definitely not my favorite. Probably not top three. Probably not top five even. I don't know. I think I watched it too late. I think if I, like I said, if I had watched it earlier and before most of his other movies, I would have liked it more. But it just feels, it it felt very familiar. Scarlett Johansson's accent really bothered me. It was rough. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, also, she was, was David Bowie Tesla? There sure was with Andy Circus as his assistant. I was so oh yeah, and Andy Circus. You know what? This is my top Christopher Nolan movie just because Andy Circus <laughs> is there. I love it. And Andy David Circus. Bowie. And David Bowie. Like, what could be better? What a team. What a team. Well, and everybody in this movie is doing an accent. Like yeah. Hugh Jackman is Australian, but he's American in the movie. Christian Bale's Welsh, but he's doing like a Cockney accent. Scarlett Johansson's American, but doing a British accent. Uh, David Bowie's was that a German accent? I think he's yeah. is Tesla Hungarian. I think he's Hungarian. Uh, maybe. Something. What else? Andy Circus is doing like an old timey New York accent. Like they could have just swapped roles and all kept their original accents. It's bizarre. I thought Sarah Rebecca Hall was the most like authentic sounding and best actor of the. I just all. looked and she is British, so I think that's just her accent. Love it. 
Anything else to say before we go around the circle? We'll come back to you at the very end, Jessica. Okay. John, do you want to start it off or second it off? Okay. Um, so I watched this probably in the theater. I definitely remember watching it like when it came out or like shortly after it came out on DVD or whatever and really liking it. I remember listening to the audiobook but I I don't remember the content of the audiobook like I have very strong memories of my iPod and of cleaning the windows in the RB while I was listening to it but I don't I remember that the book's not as good as the movie so there's that um <laughs> so I I like this movie a lot um I'm kind of like torn on Christopher Nolan because a lot of times I feel like um, his movies kind of feel like more of a kind of like like a magic trick than like a piece of art. Sometimes it's like he's doing this really cool thing in a really cool way. But a lot of times it feels I don't know, like you watch um, Inception and half the movie feels like it's just like a James Bond action movie. And they're like riding snowmobiles and whatever. It's like this kind of I'm not interested in that piece of it. And I watched Tenet, which like the entire movie is just like a James Bond movie, you know? Yeah, so but he, they were friends all along. Yeah. <laughs> and that like, I think about them just being friends at the end. And I can get emotional just thinking about how, <laughs> how good of friends they were. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I, I think that there are some really cool things that he does like that. Um, so I don't want to like, say that I don't like him because I totally do. I've seen all of his movies. Um, but I'm always going into it like, is this one of the ones I'm going to like or is this the one that I'm going to like kind of have mixed feelings about? Um, this is one that I think definitely works well. I think that like it fits that idea of um, this trick that he keeps doing over and over of telling a story in a nonlinear pattern and like giving you all of the information in out of order so you don't realize you have all of the information as you're receiving it i it, it's it works really well here um what else um one of the other things that christopher nolan often does and i wish he wouldn't because i think he's so close to not having to do it is he'll like lay things out in a really cool way but then instead of like allowing the actor's performance to give you the information he puts a line of dialogue in that explains what's going on like there's that spot where Hugh Jackman sees um uh Christian Bale with his family and he's all happy and he stole his happiness from it and, and then it like cuts to Hugh Jackman reading the journal and it's like voiceover of like he wasn't truly happy because of his duplicitous nature and it's like just these are good actors like just let him act and we can figure that out and then the, the most egregious example is the the end of the movie where like Hugh Jackman dies for seven minutes so that they can explain to each other what was happening the entire movie. Like it it doesn't bother me too much in in this movie as as it does in some of his other ones. But I think I think he's doing like such a cool thing with the way he puts these narratives together. If he just kind of embraced some of these other aspects of movie making, of like letting the medium tell the story instead of explaining at the very end i think these would be like masterpieces you know i think they they fall just a little bit short and that's i totally agree reasons. that's if i can just jump in for a second that is like one of my biggest pet peeves about movies period is when they like give you too much or over explain and he definitely does that and 
you've seen Oppenheimer. So the thing that stood out to me and almost ruined the entire movie for me was when he quotes the line from the Bhagavad Gita to Florence. What's her name? <laughs> Mid, I don't even want to talk about yep. it. Like yep. that scene, <laughs> it's like the cheesiest thing I've ever seen on a movie screen. And I wanted to throw my popcorn at the screen. And why did I have popcorn? in a movie about the Trinity test. I don't know, but it was so bad and it's so out of place. And it's like, I see what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to make the point that he would have been familiar with this quote. And maybe he was thinking about this years before the test, blah, 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 blah. But like, just show us that he has the book on the shelf. Like we're smart enough to make the connection. You don't have to have this insane scene that would never have actually happened happen right and you don't have to have Hugh Jackman explaining to us exactly what we need to know we can figure it out (laughs) that's so true that scene (laughs) but at the same time like I watched a three-hour movie about the guy who made the atomic bomb and it's not really about the atomic bomb it's about this guy and there are these little moments I don't like but I was it didn't feel like a three-hour movie like I loved it it was great yeah it's about why you shouldn't make fun of people that's it. It's not about the atomic bomb. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, the twist. The twist is I can't tell the twist. No one's ever seen it. Oh, or not everyone has seen it. Sorry. Um Did you think do you remember the first time you saw it, Sean? Like when did you know when did you when did you figure out it was twins and when did you figure out that magic was real from electricity i can't remember enough to know like when it all came together but i feel like i kind of consumed the story the way it was being presented to me like i don't think i really understood what was going on until the end Mm -hmm. um i definitely remember watching it a second time and being like oh yeah this is what's actually happening you know it's it's really fun to watch that second time yeah um but yeah, I, I think I don't I don't maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit, but I don't remember untangling too many of the mysteries as I was watching it. But I, I don't know for sure. Uh, what did you think about? I don't know anything about the actors or what was your favorite scene? How'd you feel afterwards? It felt kind of gross afterwards. I like watching movies that make me feel gross. So maybe I just didn't notice it. Um, but no, I really like, I'm glad I, I remember watching it at least <laughs> twice when it came out. Um, and I, maybe I've watched it one more time since, but like, I haven't seen it for a long time. So it was, it was fun to watch again. Like I remembered everything, but it, it was fresh enough that I, I really enjoyed watching it again. So there was that. Um, yeah and like all these stars are super famous still uh-huh like scarlett johansson i feel like she wasn't like super famous when this came out right right she'd been yeah. in a bunch of good stuff already but i she wasn't scarlett johansson yet yeah and she know? was a child star but yeah she wasn't like the movie star that she is christian bale's huge he was batman after this hugh jackman is wolverine keeps on getting bigger i guess he was wolverine before this but um, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, Piper Perabo was think the that first wife. Was before this too. It was the year before. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. 
she's kind of drifted off like uh but it's funny watching this is like oh huge star huge star huge star and then uh who's wilkins or something like that is christian bale's double is supposed to be his like prop master with the with the beard and you never see his face and it never zooms in and if you're watching this for like the first time you're like huge star huge star huge star and then all of a sudden wilkins it's christian bale's prop master never get to see his face anyway let's move on like why would they cast this nobody and never focus on his face and then you're like oh it was him with makeup the whole time it's just funny and it's not if you look at top cast it's just alfred borden and it doesn't have that side character too so i guess that's so imdb doesn't spoil the movie for people going in Anything else, John? And then we're going to go to Carrie. I think that's it. All right. Carrie, what'd you think? Um, so, yeah, this is like the third or fourth time I've seen it. I'm in the same boat as Sean, where I think I originally had seen it in the theater, but it had been like, I what? don't know, 15 years. Baby, they can hear you. <laughs> Did you hear my son bark? <laughs> um it had been like 10 15 years since i had last seen it um but i'd still i i had still remembered you know all of the twists and turns but what i really enjoyed was um watching christian bale play the two characters and he does such a good job of like when he says i love you to Rebecca Hall's character and you can totally tell which one it is and like how the one that does love her like even in scenes where he's not with her like you can still tell it's him like he has a very he has a softer more peaceable peaceful yeah, there's the good twin and the bad twin. nature yeah and I would even say that the bad twin is the bad twin like yeah I just he was like- he was a bad twin he was the one that tied the not the not wrong he was the one that that uh didn't love Rebecca Hall and that fell in love with Scar Joe. He was so a, he was a bad twin. Her, why does that make her bad? And like the Piper's no, character. Her, yeah, he's bad. The bad twin. He's not the bad twin. <laughs> yeah, disagree. he was. There was a good twin and there was a there was a soft oh, good he's twin. Not in love with his every other day wife. Like he's I would call that a but good he thing. Wasn't not in love to be Scarlett with Scarlett Johansson this. either. And he didn't even try to make the he every didn't... other day wife feel loved. Yeah, he was a jerk. The Remember when he went and into after that dinner he, scene? after she killed herself, he was like, Yeah, I didn't love her. Whatever. He was bad. That's Jessica's bad. on my side. I just I think I'm on it's more side. complicated and his character is more nuanced than that. Like they've been in that relationship for years. Like how suffocating that must have been to pretend to love someone that you don't, and like how bitter and resentful one would grow with time. Like he did not handle it well. You know, definitely the words he chose. It could be argued that he drove Rebecca's character to suicide, but at the same time, it's more complicated than that. So, and plus, like Piper's character nodded towards him, like she said that she could do it. So it's not all on him; it's on her too. 
And they did say that they should have practiced in the water first. So they were both being reckless. But, you know, Piper could have been like, nope, do the right knot. So anyway, but yeah, I thought Christian Bale did a great job of playing the two characters. Um, what do you think about the drunken actor, uh, Hugh Jackman uh, double? He seemed like he had a lot of fun playing that character like it mm. was very it was a lot <laughs> it was but, a ham sandwich i loved it yes and i didn't realize like i remember seeing it before and thinking he looked slightly different but i didn't realize that they had like added a little bit to his nose and like done something like to his chin or his teeth or something just to change the proportions a tiny bit so that was fun to be able to see that um and notice it more. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic movie. I didn't remember that Andy Circus was in it. I remembered that David Bowie was. Um, so there were just a lot of little things like that that was fun to be reminded of. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I feel like Christopher Nolan, his movies remind me a lot of Kurt Vonnegut's books or like even if the story is completely different, you still feel like you're watching the same movie or reading the same book again, just because their voice is so strong, if that makes sense, but they're still enjoyable. But yeah, after a few movies, it's like, okay, we've been through this. Um, so yeah, even though I love Kurt Vonnegut, I can only read like two or three books at a time before I'm like, okay, I need to stop for now or I'll get burnt out. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I'm trying to think of like my favorite part. Um, I don't know. I can't, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> well, tired, you can, sorry. You can chime in if you remember anything else. Okay, we'll you, do. You said they're all kind of the same, but aren't you like a super fan of Interstellar? I love Interstellar. Right. That's true. That movie makes me ugly cry. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful movie. It's stressful. It's very stressful. Yeah, but I love astronomy. You know, I'm a big Trekkie, so it's just fun seeing outer space and seeing how they handle the science of black holes and how it changes time space and and everything. But and Hans Zimmer, is that how you say his name, Jessica? Like, he does a fantastic job on that movie, except now, like, YouTube Shorts has, like, slaughtered the music from Interstellar because you hear it everywhere. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he did a fantastic job on the prestige, but I agree with Sean, too, where I feel like if you... It's fun to watch it a second time, but any time after that, it's not as fun or enjoyable because like even how um alfred describes it like once you know the trick once you know how it's done it's not fun anymore like there's no use for it so it's fun to like see all of the little um what's the word like 
once you see how yeah once you see like how the trick is done how like the movie is formed by the time you get to the end like there's no use watching it again because you know it if that makes sense My puppies have been waking me up in the middle of the night every night for like the past week. <laughs> so I'm struggling, you guys. I'm sorry. Paul, what you got about the prestige? Okay. Um, the first time I saw it, it was in theaters. I went on a date with Melissa from our freshman year. I don't remember her last name. Um, Burns? think so she was crystal's roommate or the, the ballerina yeah Burns. i think I, I don't know i don't know that much about her i uh <laughs> like ryan gladden set it up and i um and i guess and i hope this does not come across as like a a diss towards her because i when when i was on the date i was like oh I can feel like early on that Ryan Gladden set up a date and I'm not super friends with Ryan Gladden. And it seems like Melissa is also not, and we're going to a movie. And that was like the vibe I had, like before we got to the movie, right? We're all in the same car and you're asking the obligatory questions, but at the Wait a second. was Ryan Gladden on this date as well? Or was it just you two? That's a good question. Ryan was on a date with somebody, I don't know who, and the theater was so packed that Melissa and I were sitting in one part and Ryan and his date were sitting in another part. But the drive over was awkward because like Ryan was like trying to play matchmaker, but it's super obvious that Melissa was not into that at all. And I just didn't know like what was happening um never been accused of having like a ton of game or anything like that so like the the energy was already not great going into the movie but here's the thing i had seen memento i was a like an aspiring film major or whatever like the before my mission thought memento was the coolest thing that i'd ever seen in my life and guy pierce was so cool and then like 15 minutes into the movie and i didn't know it was a crystal christopher nolan movie i was like this date is totally worth it. Like, because this movie is so cool to me right now. <laughs> and I was, and you know, like popcorn it up, like I'm going to be just fine. It does not matter that this date is going nowhere good. So um, I was all in. All right. So here, Carrie, I, I love what you said, because that was my favorite part too, is watching Christian Bale be the same person and then noticing when he was, good twin bad twin i think it was alfred and freddie was like he'd he'd correct his own name like if someone called him alfred he's like it's freddie call me freddie or something like that so you knew which one it was okay so in whatever viewing this was maybe my third time with it or something i i this will seem so nitpicky but christian bale has like a pretty noticeable like mole thing right here and I thought, does his twin have like a, a noticeable mole thing on his, you know what I mean? Like, like that's a, you got to really go all in. And then I was also like, wait, 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 wait. Like does 1890s hair and makeup, not just like trick the camera, but it tricks people that he's standing in line, like to, you know what I mean? I was like, wait, like makeup's not that good. Right. But so 
so it almost works better as a, a movie concept what we don't know what we're seeing than like if you think about would anybody fall for the facial hair or the makeup i mean even like looking at citizen kane when they tried to make him old like this would have been what like 60 years before that or something you know like in the timelines <laughs> anyways okay uh, but i will say that I was totally on board for the craziness of telling, like hiding the answer in plain sight. I will say I had a visceral response to Freddie and Alfred, whichever one is, has to cut off the fingers of the other. And I was like, Oh, like that's so powerful. But then also, and I, we've talked about this through my film choices I romanticize um, dedication to a thing maybe to the point where people say like, that's insane. Like I don't want Michael Jordan's life and the backstory of how things have fallen out, but I love that somebody was almost like just so angry at the world that he became the best basketball player of all time. Or that Alex Honnold, the rock climber is just like, he's probably on the autism spectrum, but if you ever saw free solo and his girlfriend who eventually became his wife, she's like, you know, like if you had to choose like staying with me or rock climbing and before like she even got to like the end of her sentence, he's like, Oh, rock climbing for sure. Like, 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 like he just knew like, and, and I know I romanticized that, but I, I just thought. So the old guy from China dedicates himself to this thing, walks with a limp for decades. Every time he goes out, like pours it on thick, the mysteriousness of the East and or probably the Orient in the day and all that stuff. And then that one dude from Priv like is, is Hugh Jackman supposed to be like a British Lord or something in this film who fakes like he's an American the whole time. Is yes. That the, yeah. Uh, yeah. He like leaves behind his old his birth name and everything and, his whatever, and, like, and everything to be this American magician and live that life. And potentially his first wife or his wife who dies knows his story and therefore keeps her British accent, kind of knows who she he he is. But like even in their intimate moments, like he's trying to speaking in an american accent like and so i guess like that so was that where he gets all his money to pay tesla because i was confused about how he became so rich yeah yeah that was real money that's his real identity yeah okay well and isn't that kind of how we learn about it because he's explaining to his wife that he changed his name so that he doesn't embarrass his family with his stage yeah. antics or whatever that's right yeah yep. so she would know yeah and so so all of these things were at play. And then because this is my third time or fourth time or whatever time, and you know how, you know, like in Inception, you're watching the little top spin and you're like, but is it going to fall or is it? And then the thing ends. I, I kept looking for like more like conspiracy theory type readings of the film, such as what if Cutter, is that is that the Michael King? What if he is one of the main character's dads? Is he... Is he a father, biological father of these two twins? And that's why like he gets the Christian Bale guy I, and all of these things that didn't necessarily manifest and turn into anything. And Jessica's like description of the film 
is the most sensible reading, but I, I just loved, I just loved um, that, that Christopher Nolan essentially wants you to play the game. You know, he, he knows like the director that I think he's most like um, is probably like Alfred Hitchcock, who like, he kind of finds this thing that he likes to do. And then he feels like a teenager making movies that did a cool thing, but he just kept getting older, but he did the thing when he was a teenager and he, and Wes Anderson or somebody maybe similarly is like, this is my thing. I'm going to do it. And, or Shyamalan or whomever, I don't know. But anyways, um, so I went a ton of nowheres and I guess it was just <laughs> the date with Melissa. How did the date end up? Yeah. The, the, the loose ties. Uh, the the date with Melissa. I remember that we shared a dessert, and that it was like one dessert, two spoons. And I was like, maybe. Then um, a few days later, I was on a run, and I knocked on her apartment. She wasn't there. I made a caricature of myself. And said, "Hey, Melissa." Like I was just running by, uh, you know, talk to me. We'll have to catch up later. Never called me back. Never got a, even like a, I hate you text. Just fell off the edge of the, didn't work out. Um, and I will say I was all in with the Tom York at the end of the movie. I, I felt like the date was bombing and it was still a fabulous time. And lo, these 20 years or how 15 years later, it was still a fabulous ride for me. And I think the only way that oh, so Christian Bale has like a cut on his eyebrow, right? The whole time. I think they would have had to do some self-surgery on that mold, like under chopping off some fingers, if they were really going to sell it, that they were identical or they were the same person. So not, not super deep hot takes, but I think I'm done for a second now. Do you have a favorite part? Oh my gosh, probably. Um, yeah, I think, um my favorite part is right before Christian Bale dies I felt like he was legitimately scared when he said he was he was simultaneously scary and scared when he said abracadabra and I thought you know what an awesome actor you have to be to make abracadabra sound cool <laughs> like 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 give you the oscar like right there you just get the oscar because you can't make abracadabra sound cool and not only did he make it sound cool, he made it terrifying. And it was terrifying even to him in the moment. I was like, yeah, that was like the ultimate magic trick is he was going to die, make the ultimate sacrifice for the art yeah. and know that his brother was going to con continue on with the prestige with this life and show um, what's his name? Uh, the uh, Hugh Jackman, Roger Angier, his, uh, show up to him as like coming back from the dead and just that moment was worth dying for <laughs> and like it's nuts yeah these guys <laughs> I, I think that was my favorite part and that's funny hey, yeah that's a good part and lots of fingers getting slashed up lots uh, of like too many visceral things like super Close falling up. falling onto like the hard ground where he broke his leg and okay. you can just hear the crunches and then just like breaks away and the fingers getting chopped up and fingers and bird cages when they get closed 
Remember that when he came, and then getting shot, like uh, I don't know. Those guys are those guys are frenemies, but uh, arch and like they do they deserve each other. Yeah, I'm opposite of you, Paul. I think everyone should just chill and watch movies and make podcasts and go swimming and read books and go to work and then come home and not think about work. And Wait, how is any... that the opposite of wh- who am I? Like, if you are the, these things. Oh, because you're like saying how like you look up to people that are super dedicated to oh, their craft. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, like when you find out. I don't look up to those people. I'm like, oh, really? Those, those guys, no, that's too much. Oh, yeah. Like when you find out that like somebody locked themselves in a room to play guitar for five years and they went in as a like an OK guitarist and they came out five years later and like their legs didn't work but like now they were master guitars and i was like oh my gosh like you're yeah is that a thing that really happened paul i totally just made all of that up but i just think like (laughs) what what an amazing like like i I don't know i i i I think there's something about dedication to the craft yeah i want i i I listened to a podcast called neil brennan's blocks he's the guy who co-founded the Chappelle show and he has this it's kind of like a mental healthy uh podcast where he interviews other comedians and he he keeps saying out loud a thing that I think like my darkest self thinks and I don't know if I'll ever be able to say out loud but he says out loud like I think I love comedy more than my relationships and like like comedy is the relationship that he always wants to have. And I thought, can you say that out loud without like, like hell just opening up and be like, we've been waiting for you, you know, like, like that's, that's so nuts to say that. And I'm just like, Whoa, that's kind of cool though. I I'm betting a, a bunch of uh, master artists. I don't think it's everybody, but at some point it's, it's probably a, a tightrope dance of, do I want to cross over into being the best that I can be at this thing at the expense of all of these other things? And I think over and over, I have like skyrocketed toward the mediocrity space. Cause I'm like, I value humans more than this. <laughs> and Which that's is, like, to be fair, like that's not mediocrity, right? You're choosing excellence yeah. in a different. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like the things that I actually, and that's exactly it. But I think there's a a dark, I, I call it like a dark side of me that's like, but I can see a Nega guy. Paul. Yeah. Like, uh, I can see a guy who kind of lets it go almost for the sake of the experiment, just to see. And and obviously I haven't done that. I was putting kids to bed while, and like, yeah, so anyways. This Sorry. is a huge digression, but Paul, did you watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I've seen the, like only the first season, I think. Yeah, watch it. It's like the whole thing is this. Oh, really? So okay. Just go watch it. Okay, I will. I will. I'll come back and report. This is another digression, but I only know about Neil Brennan because I was listening to another podcast where a comedian interviews other comedians about mental health. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this podcast recommendation. It's right up my alley. Yeah. What were you listening to, Sean? 
the Mental Illness Happy Hour with Paul David Gilbert. I haven't listened to it for a long time. I feel like it's kind of hit or miss now. But Neil Brennan was a standout guest, and he had a he has a really cool stand up on Netflix called what is it Three Mics or something like that. Uh, yeah. That like it's like half comedy, half like mental health, really like intimate expressions of like his inner self. It was really cool. So yeah, I'm excited to listen to this podcast. Yeah, if you look up like who he's interviewed, um, some of them are just like, um just super super fascinating and um i don't know i've i'm always interested when when somebody says something out loud that i think i've thought but i almost thought it was too dirty to say or too mean to ever and, and then somebody said it out loud i'm like whoa what else have you said out loud you know that that's intense to me that you and it probably just is um unveiling me as like a super repressed human or something but uh i'll keep thinking about that i guess Love it. Good work. And please stop. <laughs> uh, Rachel, are you there? Hi. What'd you think about that movie, um, Rachel? The most irritating part for me was Chad saying, Do you understand what's happening right now? It makes so much sense. Do you get it? Do you, do you even understand what he just said? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> because it was his second time watching and my first time. And apparently he thought it was my second time. Like I'm supposed to be seeing that. I think we watched it together. I think we watched it together in Chicago. No, we didn't. I've never seen it before. And if I did, I don't remember a single thing. So like I think probably fell asleep. I probably did. But um yeah, just I didn't know there was supposed to be a trick. <laughs> so I wasn't looking for clues until like the last quarter of the movie and I was like, Oh, there's two guys, they're twins and blah blah, blah. and those and I put it all together like and I always thought that the whole like cloning himself part was was really dumb because not real, <laughs> and that bothered me for some reason. I didn't need to. It be is kind of dumb. It. I mean, I didn't need could, to be bothered by it. Though. Could they have done a different way to make Tesla's cloning machine not real? And because that's like that's the only really fantastic part of the movie the rest of it's like grounded in real world and then all of a sudden you got a cloning machine that's magic and electrical yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's a real magic it's a real magic <laughs> and okay so tesla magic. made this for a magician but it's a cloning machine why would he cl give it to a magician why wouldn't you just put some gold in there or why wouldn't you do like use it use it <laughs> and not you can clone people and he knows this like, take it to the loophole. stage and go use it what and your show a big loophole in the idea that we're supposed to like believe that somebody can really accomplish something a hundred percent of the day 
because we're supposed to believe that the Christian Bale and his self, twin brother, are always in character. And I just felt like it was a loophole for for that whole idea. But it's fine. It's a movie. And it shows, I suppose, like how he was willing to kill himself multiple times to get what he wanted. Um, you were also commenting about the accents bothering you. The accents were really hard to get through. The the uh yeah, everybody's saying hi to you. Sorry, I'm so distracted today. Um, Hugh Jackman. His acting can bother me. The only movies that I love him in are ones animated, Flushed Away, and X-Men. That's it. Like, the rest of his movies, <laughs> he's very cheesy, and I felt like he was really cheesy in this as well. Christian Bale was great. I did really like that scene. I liked all of his prison scenes. Those were fantastic. So which twin died, liked... do we know? Which which twin went to prison? It was the one that loved the um Garjo's character that died, right? I thought yeah. it was the good twin. I think it was the bad twin because of what he said to him, what they said to each other as they led him away near the end. It was something about, like, I really was sorry about Sarah, about Rebecca Hall's yeah. character. Mm-hmm. That's that what kid. I got. Too. And so it wouldn't have made sense for it to be the other way. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I have a to like are we to suppose that like those brothers don't even know who is the biological father of that child or whatever uh i no i don't think so i think no that... because the one well i don't know i i don't think so either but i think the child came before scarlett johansson came yeah. And so I don't think that the bad guy was the father, but I don't know. Good question. I don't know, Paul. He's <laughs> bad. He's complicated. Uh, yeah, he's bad, Carrie, and you can't uh, make me change my mind. Jessica's on my <laughs> side, so. Just just think about any of your brother's wives and pretending convincingly to be married to them every other day. I would be a very bitter person. I could totally do that. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, not Chad. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to drive him to suicide, Sean. Maybe I would. I don't know. I'm not a very nice guy. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I mean, eventually, would you just step in and be like, hey, this has gone too far. My 
marriage is getting ruined and my child I have a child now. Or how about you're like, hey, I'm gonna look let one person on the secret and it's gonna be the wife. Yeah. It's like, hey, guess yeah. what, wife? I've got a twin brother and we do this magic trick and we've lived our whole life for it. So don't <laughs> spoil it. This is a very important secret. I don't <laughs> think she would spoil it to anybody. Yes, yeah, she would. She totally think, would if my husband came to me and them. said that. She I'd be like, both of them, yeah. and justifiably. <laughs> oh, and that's mm. well. And I that's, think so. it's it, not the, a bigger the, secret. The more people you tell, it's a secret because you don't tell anybody, man. You yeah, gotta, the, I think the issue is the right thing to do would have been to tell the wife, but at the same time, the consequences of that would have ruined. The magic. The magic. Well, yeah, so, but it, he was like, when she got pregnant, and she's like, now we're going to be like splitting it, it, feeding three instead of feeding two. And he's like, we're already feeding three. Because <laughs> well, he's eating for two. Well, here's <laughs> he's got to save his food. Here's the weird conspiracy thing I was thinking about. So at some point, and this kind of got jumbled for me, um, the Hugh Jackman character thinks that the Christian Bale character had been in conversation with Tesla at some point. Is yeah, because that... he wrote the 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 journal. He wrote the journal, and the keyword of the journal, the journal was in code, and the keyword of the journal was Tesla. Well, and he saw him at that like science convention thing, so he saw him there, and then later on in Christian Bale's magic act, he did have like an electric machine that was just all for show; it wasn't part of the trick. Yeah. So. So there were think, there were definitely red herrings for him. It wasn't like just a journal that he was. But yeah, Christian Bale possibly. didn't know that Tesla really could make mm -hmm. a cloning device. Unless he did. That was my conspiracy theory thing, which was Christian Bale used the machine once. And it's not his brother. It's his self. It like that he... <laughs> was, and he it was, can clone moles. It can clone moles. He was... The first clone, and then he's like, "Okay, now I can go do my trick." Maybe um, that's true, but then why would Tesla have so? Why wouldn't it work? Why would he have to do like years of trial and error to make it work again? Oh yeah, uh, these are the all hats. these are all Sandy Foundations. I was just saying, I was <laughs> I was running that's all a, the that's, that is a fun possibility though. I was I like, maybe Tesla. Maybe Tesla didn't know that it had worked because like the hats were. Yep. Far from the house. Okay, maybe so they discovered yeah, each no, other I get later. It. So Christian Bale gets in the machine, clones himself. All of a sudden, there's another Christian Bale outside in the forest, and then they run across each other. It's like, let's do magic. <laughs> well, and that that's like maybe one of the least believable things is like Paul's talking about this like intense dedication. You're gonna get two twins that are both equally like Michael Jordan has a brother that's also the best basketball player of all time. I don't. Isn't but, that how twins work? But you, you, it, it is. I have a twin. Michael yeah, Jordan. Gary exactly. has a twin. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's like, it's like Michael Jordan being the best because every other game he was getting the night off. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no wonder he was so good. Like, like he only had to play like half the games each year. Yeah. And then he had the flu and he played against the Jazz and he still won. Yeah. Because it was I... the other twin that had the flu and the yeah. one that wasn't sick was in playing. Yep. So, I thought it was heartbreaking at the end of the movie when Angier, is that his name? Mm -hmm. 
where you could tell like how much the applause and the attention of the audience mattered to him. And it was like, it never occurred to him to take turns. Um, you know, if he had cloned himself and just kept the one clone and alternated instead of like murdering himself every night, a hundred days in a row. Yeah. Why would you make a hundred different boxes uh, there's got and then store them and not dispose of them. You like store them mm -hmm. underneath this. Where do you? Was, it's a nice a final shot. It is yeah. a nice final shot. Cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. It feels like there's... I changed. I I went 180. I went down that road and stopped and then turned around and like I agree that is, that's the only way to do it and it's a very cool ending shot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot more like style over substance where it's just like don't think about it too deeply because it makes a really cool shot like with a lot of his movies but it was very M. Night Shyamalan how so um, just kidding you don't have to answer twist. It's fine. <laughs> well yeah but like you're supposed to be kind of shocked by this yeah which is fine but the twist matters more than almost yeah. everything else. Like, yeah. if you did it well enough to pull off the twist, then that was the thing. That's all you need. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty looking Shyamalan movie. It doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, once you know the twist. Uh, it was like smoky and kind of sepia tone, like old period piece type. I thought it looked good. Uh, I thought it sounded good. There was some music in there. It's been a couple of weeks since I watched. Anybody remember the score? Anybody have any opinions on the music? I sometimes am overwhelmed by the score in Christopher Nolan movies. Like I know people love Hans Zimmer and whoever this new composer is he's using. I don't remember. Sometimes it's too much for me, and I almost didn't notice it in The Prestige, which right. to me seems successful. Yeah. I agree. Does anyone remember that this came out at the same time as The Illusionist? So yeah. there were like mm -hmm. two yeah. magical movies at the same uh, time. Yep. Both I mean, Victorian era, magical. Edward Norton. Edward Norton and Jessica, Jessica Biel. How does that happen? Like where Ants and Bugs Life comes out, The Illusionist, like, like where people, you know, like they have Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, they have all this time to think of things like, oh, same idea, same time. It's the big magic. You gotta read that book, Big Magic. Find that same author of Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. She that says that ideas live in the air and they're like actual beings trying to get into the universe. Rachel, I'm and straight up Eat, Pray, Loving that idea. Their way of getting idea. into the universe is through people who have to then write the book or make the movie, which is the idea. Yeah. What not there like a... So oftentimes they'll go to someone and that person will, will start and then they'll go to someone else and that person will start and then both people will have the same idea. It's big magic. Yeah, isn't there... Because I've heard, like, isn't it Jungian, like the collective unconscious or something like that yeah. where 
I can't describe it, but it sounds very similar to what you're describing, Rachel, where there's just Jessica, help me uh, out here. You're smart. I think it's you a practical studios are looking for, for movies to make and screenwriters are kind of making the same pitches and whatever's, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I that, that happens where they, they're works. like in a hurry. Which one was better? I thought, well, Rachel, what do you think? Which one was better? You saw The Illusionist and you saw this one. Well, we saw The Illusionist. That's the one you're talking about. The one we saw in Chicago. Oh, maybe we saw The Illusionist in Chicago. That's right. So I haven't seen that for many years. 15. Uh, you can still 15. declare which one is superior in your tastes. <laughs> Probably this one. I, I don't remember anything about The Illusionist. Yeah. I remember I this the weird sex fun. scene in The Illusionist. What? Because <laughs> it's just like very vague images of like their stomach or their legs and like a lot of like red velvet and that's it. It was very, that's the only thing I remember besides like who's in it. So the prestige is better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. they like had to hide the wife get her away from somebody yeah there's like an evil count the illusion uh, the wife pretended to die and then the illusionist does a magic trick where the wife's ghost appears to everyone and says the evil count killed her and then at the very end the evil count is like being arrested for the murder of his wife and the illusionist and the wife are in a carriage together at the end reunited because they love each other so no that's the illusionist. I remember it. Um, do you guys remember Roger Reese, who was uh Angier's representative to um what's his name to uh a, a Christian Bale in prison? Yeah. He was the sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's what I know him from. <laughs> that was really bothering me. <laughs> I loved the play between those two. I thought it was awesome. And when Christian Bale pretended like he was wounded, but then he was actually getting the guard. He played a trick, a magic trick on the guard. He pretended the magic trick didn't work, but it was actually a different magic trick. That was probably my favorite part. Yeah, Christian Bale in prison was pretty fun. Anything else you liked, Rachel? And we're going to close it up. I did like the opening scene. That's all. It led into... The hat is beautiful. Oh, no, I don't. I'm talking about the birds. The birds? It was so pretty. All the pretty birds. And then it dies. And you're like, oh... That kind of bothered me because they have this whole contraption built into this table that's like that thick that crushes the bird. It's like, couldn't they have just crushed the cage to be that big and kept the bird alive? Like, what's their bird budget? It's uh, about <laughs> dedication, Sean. If you're not willing to kill the bird, you're not truly dedicated dirty. to your craft. Okay, yeah, all right. Dirty. All right. I don't, your, I think... I'm pulling a chat. I'm doing a 180. You got to kill the bird. <laughs> 
I, still I think Michael Caine as Cutter was the perfect narrator. So gross quote. Like I will laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, when things are like visceral, fingers cutting off, legs breaking after a tall fall, wives committing suicide by hanging, Christian Bale hanging to death. Like there's a lot going on. Like there's the punctuation marks to like every scene. And it, it escalates, it escalates until something like happens. Like that magic trick when the, the lady was helping and had her fingers stuck in the cage and like had her fingers broken off or whatever when the when the cage contraption was going. It's there's a lot of feelings and makes my stomach not feel good. Which I mean it's good to feel bad, but uh you gotta it's you got to pepper in those movies. It just can't be the whole meal of my diet of movie watching. Not a cozy Chad movie. That's not a cozy Chad movie, but it's still a good movie and I'll watch it and I'll still enjoy it. And sometimes it's good to feel bad. What's another good to feel bad movie? Hmm. Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club is good. To feel. Yeah, that's not a good feeling movie. The one that always stands out to me is like super visceral, but so good is Pan's Labyrinth. There are just so many scenes where like I'm expecting a cut or for the camera to turn away and it just doesn't happen. It, yeah, I don't know if that movie maybe would be better if the camera did cut, but <laughs> it's still a great movie. Sparkle. What is sparkle motion? That's Donnie Darko. Oh, it is. <laughs> That's right. That's on my list. I've got such a big list. Like in life, I think of a movie or I remember a movie and I add it to my movie club list. You guys keep a movie club list going on? Nope. Of like when it's our turn, what movie yeah. to choose? I have like always two or three that I'm kind of at war with i have a list i made for like maybe the second time i chose a movie and i just keep going back to it and i it's getting thin i need to build it up yeah no mine's huge did and jessica are... have a turn yet to talk about the prestige i don't remember now yeah, jessica her. started it off but jessica's gonna finish it closing thoughts jessica i don't so... have anything to add you guys have done a great job and any additional thoughts I have were thrown out in the middle. For me, it's a fine movie. Not a great movie. Not a bad movie. I think Scarlett Johansson's character was just poorly written. Yeah. And the accent wasn't that great. So it was just like sad. I... It's, like it's a little distracting. I like Scarlett Johansson a lot, but I'm not convinced that she's a good actress. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that it's the writing. Or that it's just the writing. I think it's partially her too. I think she's, she's got a young. rough. She's young in this. No, she's super young. I also think she's not well suited to a period film. Yeah, she's very contemporary she's, looking. Yeah, she's she's, think, she's born in 1984. Yeah, I think she can be really good, but I think she also chooses a lot of projects that maybe <clears throat> I don't know don't show off her fit. acting chops. Like she was in Lost in Translation before this. That was really early. I thought she was amazing in that movie but she was and, also in the island the year before this uh, and i saw yeah. that 
on a date and with Shauna's sister. she Shana, was amazing sister. in that. <laughs> what, Jana? Yeah, I went on a date with Jana and Andrew. <laughs> yeah, we went to see the island, at the dollar, the, or one of those theaters. Movie eight. We went to like Costa Vida beforehand. We got like a burrito. It's a it's a core memory, the island, <laughs> with Andrew, <laughs> with the Wigan siblings. She in Ghost World. Yeah, she was in Ghost World. Yeah, I think maybe my other favorite Scarlett Johansson is um, her, but that's just her voice. So maybe she's not that good of an actress. <laughs> that movie. Maybe I just like her voice. Yeah. Ghost World. She was in North with Elijah Wood in nineteen ninety four. She American was a child Rhapsody. actor. She was young in that. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, she's been in a lot. Scoop was the same year. Did you guys see Scoop? Oh, dude. Uh, one of uh, the match point. Was she in that? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Paul. Oh, I, I was going to say, Carrie, you've probably seen it. It's like a, a it's like a sci-fi horror movie where Scarlett Johansson is maybe an alien, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, I'm trying to oh, find Sean the name of that movie. Oh, Sean has seen that. I haven't seen that yet. It's nuts. In man. her skin, or what is it called? Under no, the not skin. in. I'm kind of obsessed with that movie because, it's like, I can't so... figure out. Like, yeah. The the first time I saw it, um, it was in the theater when we were in Portland, and there was something goofy going on with the curtains. Like the curtains were pulled in when they shouldn't have been. So there was like this hubbub in the theater and they were trying to fix it. So I kind of missed the opening scene. And so much of that movie is abstract that yep. I thought the whole time, and I went into it completely blind. I thought that it was like just all, I didn't think she was an alien. Like I thought that this was all just like movie, like metaphor explaining the situation. Then by the end of the movie, it's like, what is going on? So yeah. yeah, that was a really bizarre <laughs> movie to go into blind. But doesn't it make you like reimagine like what a movie can be? You're like, oh, totally. I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could just have scenes like that. I didn't know you could have a huge star not talk for two hours and drive an old. And, and like half the movie is shot like Borat, right? Like where oh. nobody else in the scene knows that it's a movie. Like it's just with. And there's that guy with like the really disfigured face that you're like, that's some crazy prosthetics. And you look it up and it's like, that's just his face. That's just this guy. And he's actually a really cool guy too. But yeah, there's so much weird stuff going on in that movie. Uh, It is not cozy, but it is dang. (laughs) Did you guys see Asteroid City? Yeah. Is it good? It's it's a Wes Anderson movie. Is it better than the French Dispatch? I liked it better than the French Dispatch. Okay. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's its kind of on the same same level. It's not, probably not one of Wes Anderson's best. And it's another one where it's like a little bit meta. Like you're watching a movie about a play and the real plot of the movie is the play. And I don't know, kind of like the, um, this, this is a little bit to a lesser degree, but um, the Grand Budapest Hotel where it's like the beginning is a girl reading a book that's about an author that's talking to a guy that's telling a story and that's the plot of the movie. So it's kind of like that, but not like as deep maybe as the Grand Budapest Hotel. You watch the Grand Budapest Hotel and you kind of forget that you're three levels deep. Asteroid City, it's very like on the surface. 
Interesting. I'll watch it. It was. It's worth watching if you like Wes Anderson. If you don't like Wes Anderson, it's like not the best introduction to his work, probably. <laughs> oh, and Paul, I'm doing a Jane Austen podcast, and I need to get you on one of these episodes. So I'm going to reach out to you okay. and see see what you want to do. Carrie and Jessica did my last episode. We did Ang Lee's uh, Sense and Sensibility. We talked about it for like two and a half hours, and I edited it down to like an hour fifty. <laughs> talk about the line where the youngest sister is like they talk about things we never talk about i love it <laughs> that movie's so we good. didn't talk about that we should have oh dude like when she says that i i felt like i was i was a pretty young person when i saw that and i was like that's how my family is we don't talk about things so it's so fun to go to places where they did so anyways sir yeah, john yeah, Sir John and uh, Lady Russell just gossiping and talking about things. Fortis. What a fun... Yeah. We love those guys. The heroes yeah. of the movie. So good. Yeah, I don't uh, to a Jane Austen conversation, but I'll go listen to a trimmed down version apparently and see what... Oh, I'm no, doing. it's a it's a John, Jane Austen adaptation podcast so i'm watching every single adaptation ever made of jane austen movies okay and i'm four episodes deep next is the bollywood version of sense and sensibility with rachel and i'm doing the 2008 bbc version then i'm doing a 2b version then i'm doing a prada tanada remake then i'm doing a hallmark christmas remake and then <laughs> And then moving on to the next book. Is this so? I'll get with you. Is it joyful for you, or is it just like here's an exercise? Like, oh, it's so cozy. Okay. It is, this is the coziest it's thing like, that you could ever think of. It sounds a little masochistic, but if you're getting something, <laughs> I think you to support you in it. You know. <laughs> yeah. If it's not good, it's something to make fun of. If it is good, then it's just something to uh, gush over. And that's what me and Carrie and Jessica did. We just we gushed over the English. We did for two hours. It's the mm-hmm. best. I love that one. And like when, um, oh, why can't I think of the main actor or actress in it? Like Emma Thompson. When she starts like hyperventilating at the end, I I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I wasn't like. I want to cry and when like my emotions were able to I would and when I when I couldn't I still was like that's like how people really cry like it's funny and I'm crying because of what an awesome job I I, I just like was I thought she was the, the best of the best after that so yeah. yeah it's amazing yep and then Emma Thompson's also really good in the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Junior where she plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> love interest and <laughs> I forgot she was in that. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant with Emma Thompson's uh, fertilized egg in his. What are you going to call it if it's a boy? Junior. And what if it's a girl? Junior. <laughs> so good. I really like her in Last Chance Harvey as well. She's the best, man. She's so good. Oh, good choice, Jessica. It wasn't a perfect movie, but it was a perfect movie to discuss. Lots of twists and turns, famous actors, period piece, a lot of mood. 
and it's a old movie, but it's fun to go back and revisit, especially after after he's like the I'd say the modern most famous prestigious director. He's in the top five list for sure of just like he's got a blank check to go do his projects. It's going to be a Christopher Nolan movie. What's he going to do? It's interesting to see. Carrie, you are choosing for October. Do you have a couple of options? September? September. That's what I meant. Oh, man, it's not spooky month, but it kind of is spooky season. If you want it to be. Hmm. Because it's so close to September. I've been thinking about September in the next month. Right, this uh, is I September. Think gonna, I think I'm going to choose smoke signals. If it's available. Oh, watch. DB smoke signals. <laughs> it's a 1998. YouTube. 1998 classic. We have with Adam Beach, Evan Adams, Irene, Bedard. What? Did you watch this, Rachel? Watch what? I don't think so. Smoke signals. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, cool. All right. Oh, great. Going in. If I haven't seen it, then I will watch it. And if I have seen it, I'll remember that I've seen it halfway through. <laughs> and finish watching it, yes. Cool. And uh paul recommended a book i'm reading middle march right now and it's a fun exercise and not masochistic paul it's just it's just good <laughs> so my code did eventually run so now i know that rachel's next so rachel you have a month to think about movies well, I already hey how you so I need to read Frankenstein. So I was thinking about Frankenstein. Yeah, and now well, you're not picking right now. You got to you got to save it for next month. No, no, no. I'm going to tell them because we, it seems like people wait till the last minute to watch. What was that? Paul, this, don't do that. This is a plan ahead. Um, okay. And because yeah. I watched Barbie. And then right after that, I watched the Taylor Swift auto dot hmm auto documentary documentary kind of thing. auto and I loved it so much. I was I like, this is for sure what I'm choosing. This is for sure what I'm choosing for movie club. But then, Chad, you literally just mentioned October, and I'm like, ooh, maybe we do Frankenstein. So we might have to do both. Okay. <laughs> For September, uh, I don't know, 20th? How's the 20th? That's in three weeks. And it will probably be canceled and then kicked to the 27th. So let's just plan for the 20th for now. How's that sound, everyone? <laughs> All right. September 20th, we're watching Smoke Signals. That's probably the exact right way of saying that. 
like on September 20th, we're watching smoke signals and then then talking about it the next week. (laughs) Yep. I'll get it from the library. I'm not going to watch it on YouTube. I'm going to put in a classic DVD that's probably scratched. Um, and then I'll let everyone know how Amsterdam turns out next month after I watch it. And I'm going to watch Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, so it's on the list. I move that we adjourn this session of Movie Club. What? Do you still do a screenshot picture? No. I can. I will for you, Rachel, because Paul's here. Smile! Both Pauls. All right. Uh, All in favor, say aye. All right. Looks like the eyes have it. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.